I often struggle with what I should think and feel and pray on Good Friday. Should I feel remorse, sorrow, fear, shame, love, adoration, gratitude? Or maybe I just feel all those things at the same time. I just don't know. I struggle with others in making sense of the cross, of Jesus dying on the cross. I know that the cross represents judgment against death and sin and brokenness and evil in the world. But I also know that the cross is about God's merciful love for sinners, for all people. How do we say it? For God so loved the world, right? Well, year after year on Good Friday, we do struggle, like the church has always struggled, to make sense of the cross and the fact that Jesus suffered on it. Many books have been written about the cross and what it means for us. And so we often talk about how the cross atoned for our sins when Jesus died on it. At other times, we talk about the fact that Jesus was sacrificed for our sin, taking the sin of all humanity onto himself for humanity's sake. And all these things help us recognize the importance of the cross. They are lenses with which we can look to the cross and see it in different ways, and maybe helping us to understand better what took place on that first Good Friday. Well, on this Good Friday, I would like us to view the cross and its meaning through one of the phrases Jesus says as he dies on it. And the phrase is one that we've heard again and again in this particular service. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? These words spoken by Jesus made his followers stop in their tracks over the centuries. What do we do with this fact that on the cross, Jesus felt abandoned by God? Pastor Jeremiah Wright says, the most human cry from the cross was not the statement which articulated a biological need, I thirst. It was rather the critical question that pointed to a theological need. Because from Job through Jeremiah, from Samuel through the Psalms, the question, why has been raised by the people of faith, the people of God, forever? We struggle, don't we, when things go awry? We ask why when all we thought we understood has been thrown up into the air and we don't know what to do with the puzzle now. Why does evil prosper? Why has cancer attacked my body? Why did God let my child die? Why did God take away from me the one person who made my life meaningful? Why won't God answer me? Why has God forsaken me? Jesus cried out in anguish from the cross those same words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And as you maybe already know, some believe he's quoting Psalm 22, which we read today, as he felt the full weight of that abandonment. He felt he had been abandoned, not only by those who fled in the garden, 
and not only by those who lined the path throughout Jerusalem earlier in the week, and not only by those who had followed him from Capernaum, hanging on his every word, being willing to bring their sick to him to be healed. He felt abandoned not only by Peter and James and John, but maybe now, most devastatingly, he felt he had been abandoned by God too. And to be abandoned by God is the ultimate abandonment. And the agony of his soul brought the opening verses of Psalm 22 to mind. And here is what we know. Many people of faith, as the lament psalms would tell us, indicate that they have felt abandoned by God too. And here is what maybe we all know. Many of us have felt that way about have felt the same way Jesus did that day. Many of us still wrestle with that faith question. And I'm sure as we're gathered here tonight, there is more than just a handful of people who are asking God why. Why the cancer? Why the disability? Why the loss? Why the conflict? Why not someone for me to love? Why? Well, that is why I chose to share this digital painting I think you all maybe received as you walked in worship today. It's entitled, Why Have You Forsaken Me? And it was in our Lenten devotional, and the artist who created that piece created it so the person who was looking at the piece would look directly down on Jesus' face. And at first she says she thought it would be the ultimate position of mockery, looking down Jesus' nose. But then as she began to sketch Christ from this perspective, her thoughts and her feelings about the peace took a hard turn. She goes on to say in our devotional booklet, as I was thinking about the text, I was holding my five-month-old little boy. He had a fever. He was inconsolable. I felt desperate to offer him comfort and solace. And it felt like my heart was breaking open. And then it occurred to me, this perspective I was drawing was not a position of mockery. It was metaphorically the perspective of God the Creator looking at his son who was screaming out, in agony. This perspective just revealed something profound to me about the heart of God and how God was present in the moment with Jesus, God's beloved, on the cross, even if Jesus was not aware of it. Just like Jesus, many of us have felt what Jesus felt that day, and many of us continue to wrestle with that faith question, why? At a funeral in March of a friend from a clergy prayer group who died of cancer and often asked why on her three-year journey, I was reminded how God responded to that question when these words from the prophet Isaiah were read at the service. When you pass through waters, I will be with you. 
and through the rivers they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame consume you. For I am the Lord your God. Fear not, I am with you. We are never forgotten because God is Emmanuel, God with us. And Pastor Alice said it well last night when she quoted this phrase from the Episcopal burial rite. All of us go down to the dust, and yet even at our grave, we make our song. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. We are not, Christ was not abandoned in death. Tonight we remember, no matter how it feels, no matter what, God held Jesus and God holds us in the palm of his hand. Amen.